sunny it feels like spring finally um, it's great to be with you this afternoon I'm very excited to be continuing our series on disciples family members and woo, missionaries um, but first I want to tell you a little story now this story doesn't really make me look that good but I'm still going to share it anyway um, two weeks ago I was on a train um, from Harrogate to London um, and on this train journey I was sat behind two girls and now both of these girls were from Muslim families and they were discussing about how they didn't really believe in God anymore. Well, they kind of did, but they didn't really. And one of the girls was saying, look, I've just decided God is the trees, God is the grass, and he doesn't really do much else. (laughs) And I was like, this is so interesting. This is like top qual train entertainment I'm like all in from Harrogate to London like yeah this is great and I'm texting John I'm like John they're having this chat like they're discussing like God and what they think and all of this and John is like why don't you get involved I'm like uh I'm not an absolute weirdo John I'm not gonna get involved are you joking they're like sat in front of me like in the seats in front I can just imagine my little head just sticking through like hello hello I'm a Christian you want me to tell you um so I thought no I'm not gonna say anything no way I'm absolutely not gonna say anything and so then I stopped talking to John not forever we're talking now um but on that train journey I'm still listening in and I was just sat there thinking why wouldn't I like why wouldn't I interrupt and like share they're talking about God surely that is like an invitation and I'm being nosy enough to like listen in why wouldn't I be nosy enough to like interrupt and be like hey because it might actually change their lives and so I'm having all these thoughts and I'm thinking a lot and then I decide well I'm I'm actually I'm just not going to do anything um so I didn't do anything on the train and then I thought well but if I bump into them after I get off the train then I'll share so and then I'm walking and I do bump into them and I'm like okay I did kind of say that to God but that's a coincidence so I'm not going to do that Um, and I'm walking I'm walking around London and my station is shut or something some storm or whatever and so I'm looking okay which way am I going to go and I finish looking on my phone and I turn to my right and the girls are stood there and I'm like what are the chances what are the chances so then I thought no I'm I am actually pretty convicted now I probably should say something to these girls and I said to them um you were sat in front of me on the train and I heard you talking about God and I know you're going to think I'm an absolute weirdo but somebody changed my life when they walked across the room and interrupted me and were really awkward so I'm just going to go for it and I rambled like that a lot it was very awkward um but I told them about God and what I believe about Jesus and one of the girls looked at me like I was about to kill her um (laughs) yeah she did but the other girl smiled at me and then I got to the end of my spiel and I sort of looked at them like preempting some questions or a comment and they said nothing and nothing happened apart from one girl went oh and the other girl went and I think she's probably in counseling now for that moment um hopefully not but then I thought you know what I felt a little bit embarrassed getting my train I thought that didn't really go to 
plan. Like they didn't like ask questions or say, yeah, I really want to know more about Jesus. What about this? What about that? But actually, what if I hadn't gone for it? Nothing would have happened. And what if that evening that girl had gone home and had been lying in bed thinking, oh, that thing that that girl said about Jesus and about church, maybe I will think about that more or maybe that could be true maybe I will give church a go who knows I've absolutely no clue what happened maybe nothing will have happened but I tried to go for it and it was awkward and they didn't give their lives to Jesus on the spot but it's in the going and nobody died I'm still here to tell the tale and it's quite a funny story to tell thank you for your laughter um but that's just my encouragement just go for it and I can assume as we've been going through this series and we've been thinking about what it means to be a family member, what it means to be a disciple, you're pretty comfortable with that language. If you're a Christian and someone says, are you a disciple of Jesus? You probably would say, yeah, yeah, I'm a disciple of Jesus. I'm trying to follow Jesus. I'm trying to be more like him. I'm trying to walk his walk. I'm trying to talk his talk. That's what I want to do. I'm modeling my life after him. I'm his student. I'm his disciple. If we said family member, if you're part of new community, you would also feel comfortable with that. You'd say, yep, I know, we're not a business, we're not an organisation, we're not a cooperation, we're a family. And I belong to that family, which makes me a family member. But I bet if I went around and just did a quick survey and handed like round the mic and said, are you a missionary? Are you a missionary? Most of the room would say no. I'm, I'm not a missionary. That's not how I would name myself. It's not something I, real, I feel very comfortable with saying I'm not a missionary, which is interesting, right? It's interesting that we wouldn't identify as people who are missionaries. And so I have a decision. I could spend the next 10 minutes trying to convince you, no, you are missionaries. You can share your faith. But it doesn't really matter what I say, how convincing I am, how many stories I tell. The only thing that's really going to change us is, one, the presence of God and the word of God. So I believe that God wants to speak to us through his word um, this afternoon. And so what we're going to do is we're going to read John 4 really slowly together. So if you've got a Bible with you, please do open it to read along. And if you don't, don't worry, it will come up behind me and you can read along behind me. I'm reading from the NIV translation. Um, So that is John 4. It's the woman at the well. Now Jesus learned that the Pharisees had heard that he was gaining and baptising more disciples than John. Although, in fact, it was not Jesus who baptised, but his disciples. So he left Judea and went back once more to Galilee. Now he had to go through Samaria. So he came close to a town in Samaria called Sychar, near the plot of ground Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired as he was from the journey, sat down by the well. It was about noon. We'll just pause there. So Jesus leaves Judea and goes to Galilee. Now, this could just seem like a throwaway statement. That is what he did. But in fact, this is an incredibly radical statement because the route that Jesus takes from Judea to Galilee is totally different to the route that the Jewish people would have taken. This is a journey they would have done, but they would not have gone the way that Jesus went. The Jewish people looked at the Samaritans like a second-class people. They would have done anything to avoid Samaria. They took the 
long route all the way round just to avoid going through Samaria. And we read here, not only does Jesus choose to go through Samaria, he stops there. He says, this is the place that I'm going to have a rest. I'm tired. It is Samaria. I'm going to stop. And he sits down. This is totally countercultural. The disciples would have been like, this is really awkward. This is not the place I want to stop. I don't know whether there's a place like that for you, whether there's a place in the world that you're like, I don't want to stop there. I don't, that, that's not where I'm going to be going for coffee. Samaria is like that place for the disciples. And Jesus chooses to stop there. It continues in verse 7. So it was noon when a Samaritan woman came to draw water. Jesus said to her, will you give me a drink? His disciples had gone into town to buy food. I wonder how that went. The Samaritan woman said to him, you are a Jew and I am a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? For Jews do not associate with Samaritans. So we already know that, right? Jews, Samaritans, not friends. They do not associate. So Jesus sitting alone with a Samaritan, that is not a done thing. But Jesus sat alone with a woman? Even more radical. A Samaritan woman and a Samaritan man wouldn't have been sat alone unless they were married. But Jesus, a Jewish man, sat with a Samaritan woman. This is crazy and they are all alone. And something we also learn about this woman that's very important to notice is the time of day this happens. It says it was noon. All the women would have gone at the break of day. This was like the high social thing like this is like the peak of the day I'm going to go out with all my friends I'm going to go to the water well all together we're going to get our water and then we're going to go back they're all chatting they're all mingling this woman has not gone with the other women it's noon it is the hottest point in the day and here she is alone gathering water so it's clear that even in her own gender amongst the women even in her own culture against the Samaritans she is someone that people don't want to associate with she's someone that people don't want to talk to and yet Jesus who's so different to her sits with her speaks to her gives her time and just as a fun aside this is actually the longest account we have one-on-one -on -one of Jesus with someone else and I just think that is incredible um Verse 10, Jesus answered her, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that asks you for a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. Sir, the woman says, you have nothing to draw with and the well is deep. Where can you get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob who gave us the well and drank from it himself as did also his sons and his livestock? Jesus answered, everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks the water I give to them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so I won't get thirsty and have to keep coming here to draw water. He told her, Go call your husband and come back. I have no husband, she replies. Jesus says to her, 
You are right when you say you have no husband. The fact is you have had five husbands and the man you now have is not your husband. What you have said is quite true. Sir, the woman said, I can see you are a prophet. Our ancestors worshipped on this mountain, but you Jews claim that the place where we must worship is in Jerusalem. So here she is, standing completely bare in front of Jesus. She's seen, he's clearly a prophet. He can tell everything that I've ever done. He's just told me all the things I've done wrong. And I think she's quite intrigued. What's going to happen next? And so she tries to see, I think, what type of prophet he is. So she asks him the question that is dividing the Samaritan people and the Jewish people. Right, you Jews say that we can't worship. We can't go to Jerusalem and be in your temples. We're second class. So we say that we're worshipping in this place that we've made on the mountains. What do you say about that? And I imagine in this moment, she's expecting Jesus to just lay it in on her. Because of your sins, you can't worship. You're distant from God. You're unworthy because that's what she's used to. That's how she feels in her community. But let's see how Jesus responds to her. Woman, Jesus replied, believe me, a time is coming when you will worship the Father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You Samaritans worship what you do not know. We worship what we do know for salvation is from the Jews. Yet a time is coming and has now come when the true worshippers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth for they are the kind of worshippers the Father seeks. God is spirit and his worshippers must worship in spirit and in truth. Really? Me too? I can worship too? her response would have been, this is the most freeing thing she could have ever heard. Jesus in this moment doesn't lay into her and remind her once again of all her sins and how distant and how different her life is to one who follows God. No, instead he says, you can worship as well in spirit and in truth. It doesn't matter where you are. You can worship. You are worthy. The woman says, I know that Messiah called Christ is coming. When he comes, he will explain everything to us. Then Jesus declared, I, the one speaking to you, I am he. Just then, his disciples returned and were surprised to find him talking with the woman. But no one asked, what do you want? Or why are you talking to her? So the disciples would have been surprised. I think probably a bit more than surprised. They would have been totally shocked. The scandal, Jesus alone with a woman, a Samaritan woman. And you can imagine they've just come from the town. The, the disciples wouldn't have even wanted to stop in Samaria. If they had it their way, they would have avoided it. So then to be told to go and get food from the town for lunch, how awkward. And imagine the Samaritans seeing a whole group of Jewish men just tropes into the town like, here we are, here to buy food. Awkward, awkward, awkward. And then when they return, they see Jesus alone with a woman. They would have been shocked. But then what happens? Then leaving her water jar, the woman went back to the town and said to the people, come see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could this be the Messiah? They came out of the town and made their way towards him. Jesus lets her go. He lets her run back to the town and declare, he's the one. He knows everything about me. And he didn't 
lump shame on me. Actually, I don't care. I want to talk to you. I want to tell you everything. A woman that had once hidden from society, once hid herself away at noon, not wanting to invade on the women and be shamed. She then goes, listen to me. I've got something to say because God has changed me. He's transformed me and he can transform you too. Jesus lets her go and do that. He doesn't say, right, that's great, you believe. Let's go on a two-year theology course. You can come with me, learn everything, and then we'll send you back to your people when you're ready, when you're qualified, when you've learned enough, and you can explain it very, very well, nice and neatly. He doesn't say that. And he also doesn't say, oh, slow down a bit. Let me get there first. I'm going to do my preach, and then you can share your testimony at the end. No, he watches on as this woman legs it. She drops her water jugs and just goes and shares it's amazing. Jesus is amazing. He chose to stop in the place that no one wanted to stop. He chose to speak to the woman that nobody wanted to speak to. And he chose her to be the one to go to the people. And many believed. And many more were intrigued and wanted to know more. So if we learn anything from this story, it's that God chooses you in all the ways that you could disqualify yourself, in all the ways that you could see yourself as unworthy, as you don't know enough, you don't know how to do it, God in this story, in this account, just totally subverts all of that and totally just wipes all of those disqualifications away and says, no, 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 you, with your personality, with your unique gifting, with your friends, family, neighbours, you, I'm inviting you to go. And we're going to watch a video now of some people in our church who are doing just that. So have a watch. <laughs> Good. Yeah. Okay. Right, we're starting. I have lived here for about 14 years. Me and Lorne moved in. Um, yeah, we, uh, we, we met at work and uh, I was, you know, trying to find somewhere to live that we could afford. We was priced out of the area I was brought up in and I certainly weren't going to move up to Cumbria. Um, I was brought up on, you know, a standard council estate. It was quite notorious. It was like called the Concrete Jungle. She was a really great, great place to grow up because it was just, there was loads of kids, everyone played out, everyone knew each other, everyone looked out for each other. Even though I wasn't from a Christian family, um, the hub of the community was actually this little independent local church. I didn't really engage in school at all. Um, it, it wasn't somewhere where I thrived. Um, but as soon as I started work, I absolutely loved it. You know, you sort of think, oh, I should start think maybe about settling down and things like that. But there was always this sense of being like discontent and knowing that there was more to life. I just went to a local baby clinic with my um, daughter and I started talking to this lady and um, we exchanged numbers and we become friends and that lady was um, Hannah Syrid and uh, she told me she was a born again Christian and I was like oh god okay 
She invited me to an event at New Community Church, which was like a Christmas cake baking. And, um, you know, I've just hadn't done anything like that before. It was so alien, but it just felt so peaceful and friendly and nice. And uh, the first person I ever remember speaking to from New Community was Anne Power, and she was warm and welcoming. And, you know, I was just so aware of just something different about these people. Um, and then Hannah invited me to a service at New Community and I went and I was like, what is this all about? What it was, I thought, I've been in a church before, but these people were like worshipping. They love, they're in love. Hannah then invited me to um, an Alpha launch night and I'd never heard of an Alpha. And I was a bit nervous, but I got my sister to come along and I heard an amazing testimony, which I just hadn't heard. Even though I, was a, I just hadn't absorbed it, I hadn't heard it, I don't know, but it, everything was really impacting me. And then at the end, they invited people to sign up to an Alpha. And um, I was like, oh, you know, and then he started saying, oh, you know, about being saved, which I hadn't heard of. And, your life can be changing, like quite meaty statements. And I was like, oh, actually, do you know what? This is all a bit too much. And this is so terrible, but it's true. And then they said, but we are having it at the Walnuts restaurant in Sidcup. And then that was it, because I thought, I'm going to get a free dinner. It's going to be a night out, you know? So I went and, um, and, and then from the minute I went, it was just like gold. I was just like, I just could not believe it. It was just like the best thing in the world. I just, you know, hearing about like being saved, um, the Holy Spirit, that God is a personal God. You can talk to him, he is alive. And seeing no normal people living this life that I just didn't even know existed, I was just like, I just loved it. Also, it's what I see as well with with her in, over the weeks, like a change in her, like a, a change towards me, the love. It's just everything, obviously approach towards us all, approach with speaking to people and uh, just a body language. And you could just sense the love in it. And it's, I just said to her, I need to know about this. I need to do it. The thing is, I had so many questions. Like, as soon as one question was answered, I had another question, I had another question. I thought, this is never ending because where am I hoping to, you know, get to? And my table leader was um, Liz Holden. And I remember I asked Liz, Liz this specific question and then she said, I don't know. And then I thought to myself, well, she don't know. Then that's okay if I don't know everything. So that was a green light for me because I just thought, I believe in God, I'm receiving all, you know, the, the gift that you, I want to receive the gift of salvation and everything like that. And then that was it. I just said yes. And I just thought I'm going to just learn as I go along. And yeah, I just went for it, really. 
I could feel my faith getting stronger each week, but it's but it's I, I still had that um, initial like walking the steps to church and looking back to see who's, who's looking at me coming in. Me and Helen was getting on on, on the on the sort of the same page and understanding what conversations are about in church and the preachers and even singing the songs and not just tapping my foot and no, 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 just 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 no, just to, just taking part in it, just being being well being part of it. Jesus has just given me, I'm born again, so I'm a new person. And he has just given me, he is my everything. And I just love him so much. And he literally, he just gives me hope for this life and hope for eternity. He's given me purpose, he's given me aspirations and dreams. And even when times are hard, I know he's with me. And I was going to church and I was just receiving this amazing teaching and I just wanted to respond to everything that I heard. And I'd just been given this treasure and I just wanted everyone else to have it because it was so good. You know, you have been created and like by God and he loves you and he wants to be your father and he gives you hope and you can be born again and he gifts you and you can have eternity with him and I just wanted everyone to know. You know, I just started praying for my neighbours. I just started praying for my neighbours because you know, I had received this gift of salvation and when people haven't got it, it's just heartbreaking. And I just could, you know, their, their need and their brokenness and how lost they are. And I just, yeah, I just, God just showed me a bit of his heart and it's so deep in love for people and the lost and he just wants them with him so much we just don't I mean you can't put it into words so much yeah we just started off we done a we done an event down St Andrews which is a church at the end of my road a light party um, I didn't really know anything about the church I didn't know anybody uh, and one of the ladies there mentioned who was part of that church she mentioned that there was a real sense and a real pain that they felt that there was a, a wall being built up between the church and the community. So I specifically started praying into that. And then I just literally, it was on my mind 24 seven. One night I just couldn't sleep because it was troubling, you know, I don't know, it was just really burning on my heart. And uh, I got up in the middle of the night and uh, I just said to God, like, I don't shout at God, but you know, I was a bit like attitude as in, what do you want me to do? You know, and then God spoke to me and said that he wanted me to go round to the vicar and his wife. And then straight away, I just said, okay, but what do I say? And then God told me to take them a gift. And then I was like, okay, I'll get up in the morning. I'll go Morrison's, I'll get some flowers and some chocolates. And then I went in bed and slept like a baby. 
Yeah, and um, yeah, so like the next day, it was first thing on my mind, got up, got ready, went to Morrison's, and then, you know, went to make my way to uh, the vicarage where the, uh, the vicar and his wife live. But I was really nervous because, you know, obviously I knew of them, but they didn't know me and I think I said to you, I felt like I was knocking on the Pope's door, you know, like I was so like, oh, but um, I just knocked on their door and you, I, they was a bit perplexed, like who, you know, but then they just said, come in. And um, they invited me in and we had a cup of tea and then they were just so open and so vulnerable and they basically said that they have been praying that God will send them some help. And he sent us. I really felt like uh, God was wanting to do really amazing things in communities, on estates, in um, areas, and a real sense that uh, particularly in COVID, uh, God had uh, scattered but gathered, understanding it hasn't got to be this amazing thing that simple things can be so impactful and can mean so much to people um, and enjoying it as we're doing it as well. Making, you know, it's not a burden, it, it's fun, it's a pleasure, it's exciting, it's creative. God began to start opening some doors uh, for the possibility that we could use St Andrew's Church for mission. So I've lived in Albany Park for just over eight and a half years now. And then one of the things I've really enjoyed doing is being involved in the events that we put on for the community. So that's for the people in and around Albany Park. Although I'm not much of an ideas person, I've really enjoyed being part of a team and working things out together and doing the things that I'm good at. And we're just really joining together, bouncing ideas off each other. I never considered myself to be uh, very good on the mission front. Um, but since joining the community, um, it's been really encouraging to realise you can get involved in things and that kind of, it gives you kind of a thirst and a hunger to do it. And even if you're only helping out, it, it, by being part of a team, you really feel that you're actually starting to do things and I think you feel more encouraged. Okay, so I moved here um, with my husband and we've been here 18 years, so a year um, before my son was born. I can just remember Helen being in my kitchen, so I think we did meet on the green outside the front of my house and I remember her children and just remember her coming into, yeah, being in, in my house. <laughs> I think I kept everything very separate. Um, for quite a long time. So I went to church on Sunday, I went to a midweek meeting, and beyond that, there wasn't an awful lot happening. I went to work for two days, and the doing life together and being having a purpose together has taken time to sort out what that really looks like. Um, and that's come with lots of bumps in the road, that's come with challenges. We are not the same here, we are really different. Um, there's not one of us that has the same background. 
on Albany Park. Um, we're extremely different and I think it's one of our strengths because it's one of the things that when people look in on us, they question why we spend so much time together. Again, Helen's challenged my thinking in terms of like we're not just actually putting on events, we're moving into something where we're asking the community to be involved in them because this is about them, this is about reaching them. So it's not just about providing an experience or providing an event. And the coming Jubilee, actually, the idea for it came out of a neighbour has started talking first about street parties. So it's not come from us this time, it's come from within the community. And how do we move into enabling them to partner with us, knowing that we're bringing the gospel to them? That the barriers that have been about Christian and church and God and Jesus and who he is and what he's like and what that actually looks like in someone's life, I think needs to be torn down completely so that people come in and see us for who we really are. And I can see that happening. As I said before, there's so many children in this area that need Jesus and we've got four kids and <laughs> Scarlet Vala Hart and Bo there. But, no, but they've got loads of friends that, the stories that we hear, we've known from them and, and what we've seen and what we've had in our house as well. Like we keep our house open, our door open, like an open house sort of thing for the kids in the community. And it's just, it's, it's just, just, it's just knowing, it's just giving them something to, to feel safe. Like God giving me a picture of like that church in the street, like being packed, the the, the, uh, the car park being packed of people and like, and like not being able to get in the church. And I really believe there's going to be a great revival and we're praying on that, we're hoping for, for that. And But knowing that Jesus is in it and in this community and in and him telling us what to do and how to do it. And, have a bit of patience with it as well, even though it's hard because because I want it straight away. I just want it. I want it. You know, what I mean? it's just. And I, I want to see children bend their knee and the parents bend their knee and their friends and friends and friends and friends and families and stuff. And then just just let your light shine before others and just doing that, just sharing your, just sharing it. It's it's uh, yeah. That's what it's been, that's, that's what it's about. We've lived in Avenue Park for just over a year and we were very intentional about moving here because of our community. We'd been praying and like trying to think about where we felt God was calling us. And me and Helen had spent a lot of time praying. She'd been speaking to me about her vision. I remember in Swanley Park, Mariah's birthday a few years back now, we'd been talking about it and she was so excited about it. And I just felt she was someone that really took me under her wing as well. And I really wanted to kind of, I saw her vision and I connected with it and I just felt I wanted to be part of it. The thing about living here is that within walking distance, I can walk to somebody, have a coffee in someone's house. You know, if I'm having a bad day, or if I've got no tea bags, you know, if I'm, if I'm just frustrated and fed up and I need to have a moan and someone to pray with, if I feel like overwhelmed, even by people I'm trying to minister to, like, you know, that don't know Christ, I know that I've knocked on Helen and Lorne's door on my travels and stopped them, they weren't expecting me, you know, and we just prayed together, we prayed for this other person. I just know that my family are here, and when we came here, I'd, I'd lost my sister, and I just feel like I have sisters here. You know, I feel like I have sisters here. And 
And it's a beautiful thing, you know. I think it's all about God's love, really, and I think that speaks a, a better word. It really penetrates the people. Through the pandemic, there was food parcels, finding out what people need and trying to provide for it. And since we've moved here, that we've had an event at Christmas, um, at Easter, we're, we're putting things through people's doors, we're connecting with people, we're putting events on, and now we've got the, the bridge, which is an amazing youth provision, where we're gonna be speaking into the children's lives, showing them love. There's a lot of um, things that children go through, that families go through, and often there's a, a lack of resource. Especially at this current time, the church plays such a role, you know, in filling the gap where there is no funding and no support. And I think we're trying to reach into people's lives in a way that's helpful. It's not really about dictating and coming and banging on drums about Christ. Just by being loved, people are curious. Why do you care? Why do you want to do this for me? And then when you answer those questions and you tell them, because what Christ has done in my life, that is captivating and people are interested, you know, and so that's what really excites me. Do you consider yourself a missionary? Um, well, when I, there was a bit of a mystery behind that word, a missionary to me, uh, because I thought that it was, you know, people that went abroad and, and stuff like that, but, I'm ravening it a little bit and, you know, living with the fact that God has called us to go and make disciples um, and baptise them in the name of the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit, that, that was a, a personal commissioning, you know, that was something he spoke over me because I'm his child. And so once I grasped over hold of that, I knew that that was like my purpose in life was loving God and loving others for his glory and that meant being a missionary. So it's been a bit of a journey because sometimes you can, you know, say exclude yourself from things but actually it's just being impactful where you are. You know, I can make a difference in my community by, you know, walking outside my front door and, you know, be in the hands and feet of Jesus. So, yeah, I would say I am a missionary and I love it. It's fantastic. It's really exciting. And, um, you know, when you're sort of talking to someone, like a mum around the school or something, and they, you say to them, well, what have you been doing today? And they, you know, whatever. And then they say, well, what, what have you done this morning? And I'm just like, I've got to be honest, I pray for someone to be baptised in the Holy Spirit, you know? <laughs> and they were a bit like, oh, okay. But that's a life as a disciple, isn't it? In, in the ordinary, you know, I'm, I'm a mum, I'm, a, mom, I'm a, a wife, I'm a daughter, but I've got a commission over my life and I take that very, very seriously. And, um, and it's not because I'm special in any way, it's because that's what Jesus says, so I've got to accept it because, you know, it's not right if I, if I don't because that's what he's spoken over me and he's my father. There are so many, so many lost people. Yeah, it's a, it's a real passion to, you know, to be able to, to do something for them and provide something practical for them and also to to tell them about God. Yes, I've been praying for this area. It's my neighbourhood and it's close to my heart. 
Honestly, I think we would like to see revival here. I think we're not, you know, who doesn't want that? Because we've got so much hope in Jesus, in, in the, I mean, being on mission with Jesus. It's like, he's it, right beside us, he's, he's there, he's, he's in us, he's around us. He's, he's, we want to see that in this community. We want to see bridges built. We want to see walls broken down, doors open. We want to see, we want to see a revival in this area. You know, and seeing the lights go on in people's eyes, you know, when they know that they are loved, that they are forgiven, um, that they are children of God because people are really lost and they're searching for something and it's Christ. He's the answer. Amazing. Such a good job, guys. What a great video. How stirring. How inspiring. But... It would be an absolute tragedy if that is all we said off the back of that video. That's inspiring. That's so stirring. Well done, Helen. You're incredible. Helen is incredible. But this video and the passage we just read is all an invitation from God. An invitation to you into an exciting adventure full of fun, it's enjoyable, as Helen said. We get to play a part in this, to say yes to being a disciple of Jesus, yes to being a family member here at New Community, and yes to being a missionary. Helen said a statement that was quite groundbreaking. She said, I know I have a commission on my life, and I take that very seriously. So I want to ask myself the question, do I know that I have a commission over my life and am I taking that seriously? Are you taking that seriously today? It's something we all have to think about. We get to be missionaries and the word missionary actually comes from a Latin word that means the act of being sent. And so that's why a lot of us can see the word missionary and think abroad, it's over there. It's for the special people, for the people who are really good at it. You know, the people who are seeing loads of people come to Christ, the people who are very talented or very confident or very extroverted. But actually, we are all a sent people. The minute that you gave your life to Jesus, the minute you were baptised and raised into new life with him, you were set apart. You are a foreigner. Even if you feel very similar to the people around you, you're so different to them because you know Jesus. You have the light of Christ in you. God has sent you to Sigcup, to Welling, to Eltham, to all the surrounding areas, wherever you live, God has sent you there and you can make a difference. Do you know that? And what we've learned this afternoon is that it's not us who qualifies us. We're not the ones who try and learn all the things. It is God who says, you, I trust you to go to those people. And I feel like there's some of us sat here who think, that's great, Catherine. This is clearly something you enjoy doing. And that's great for you, Helen, as well. You're very excited about that. But that's just not what I'm seeing in my life. Like, I've tried. I've tried to share faith. I've tried to get to know my neighbours. I've tried to pray for people and it just it's not gonna happen I feel like God wants to say to you I am God you're not you can't save anybody 
you're not going to do it. I'm going to do it. And all you have to do is be obedient. And if you never see the fruit of the seeds that you're planting, that is okay. We just continue to plant and plant and plant. Those girls on the train, in the natural, it looks like a complete fail. I look embarrassed, they look shocked, nothing else happened. But in the spiritual, who knows what God is doing? Who knows what God might do with that? When I became a Christian, I had posted online that I'd become a Christian and a girl messaged me that I knew when I was 12 and she said that she had written her, my name in her Bible and she had been praying for me ever since and she'd written her na- my name in her Bible because I was the least likely person <laughs> to become a Christian, which I was actually a bit offended by. I was like, Mom, seriously, what was I doing as a 12-year-old to make you think that? Um, anyway, but she had been praying for me for years and I became a Christian and thanks to social media, she found out about it. But she might not have. There might be people that you have been praying for this week. And you might never find out that they give their lives to Christ. But the moment before they die, they might. They might give their life to Jesus. It's the impact you can have. And the beauty of mission is that we're not doing it alone. God has given us the Holy Spirit. What a gift. The Holy Spirit to prompt, to go, come on, this is an opportunity. Go for it. have confidence, just do it. And to comfort us when we do feel embarrassed, when it doesn't go well, when we feel a bit rejected or we feel a bit awkward or whatever it is, he comforts us. He's with us always. We're never alone. And also, God has given us the church family. And this is vital in mission. So often we get tired of sharing faith because we think, I have to do it alone. And then we don't see the success stories or we haven't had someone come to church with us and we're like, I give up. I've failed. I'm awful at this. I'm just never going to do it again. I'm just going to leave it to those people over there. But when you realise that you're part of a community, like the Albany Park crew, you're part of a community doing it together, cheering each other on and praying for each other when it doesn't go well, you get to see the part that you can play. And it won't look like everyone around you. It might be completely different, but God has a specific role for you in sharing faith and inviting other people in. So I'm going to close in a second and we're going to pray for each other. But before that, I'd say if you're new to church, if you wouldn't call yourself a Christian, this is a pretty weird Sunday to come to church for the first time. You're probably thinking, this is a bit awkward. (laughs) I've been invited to church. Here I am. They're talking about mission. I don't really understand what that means. I would say for you, the woman at the well, that is how God reaches out to you. He's not some judgmental God who looks at you and thinks you've got to prove yourself to be welcomed in. He comes to you with love. He knows everything you've ever done. And yet all he has for you is words of real, real love and acceptance. Today he invites you into the family. You don't have to do loads of things to belong here. You can belong today. So if that's you and you'd like to hear more, please do talk to someone you came with come talk to me. I'd love to pray for you or anyone with a yellow lanyard on. Do get someone to pray for you.
And for those of us who call New Community home or who are Christians here, let's pray for each other. I'm not going to give you a specific thing to pray for because we're all at different stages of where we're at in the mission journey. Maybe you want to pray that God would give you opportunities to share faith this month. Maybe you want to pray that God would heal some of the disappointment you have around sharing your faith. Or maybe you want to pray that God would break your heart or show you that this really is an adventure and really is exciting you know what you need prayer for. So please don't leave without praying and have a look around you. Make sure that everyone's got someone to pray with. So let's do that now. Turn to the people next to you and let's pray for the last few minutes.